Warning, this podcast may contain graphic and triggering content. Please listen at your own risk. Each individual struggle is different and everyone's recovery and healing journey is different. Please reach out to a certified medical professional if you need help. Welcome to episode 42 of Stomp the Stigma, the podcast aimed to fight the stigma surrounding mental health through education, awareness, experiences, stories, resources, and the vulnerable truth. Today we have a very special episode just for Remembrance Day. I want to take a moment before we get going to remember and thank all of our veterans. Countless lives have been sacrificed fighting for our freedom and our country. I want to thank all of the military and first responders that are continuing to fight. Thank you so much for everything you've done and continue to do for our country and our community. Joining me to stomp the stigma today is Grant from Honey Badger Alliance. He served in the Canadian military, toured in Afghanistan, and is now currently in corrections. So we got to talk all about his mental health journey how being in the military and out on the front lines has affected his mental health, as well as how corrections has changed that. We get into a little bit about how the military changed him as a person, and we talk about the trauma that he faced overseas that have maybe been one of the root causes of his mental health concerns. We also get into what caused him to start the Honey Badger Alliance and what you can take away from it yourself. I want to thank Grant for joining me this week. I hope everyone is able to take a moment to thank all the veterans in their lives and take a moment to remember those that we have lost. Yeah, to start, I really want to thank you for joining me. I told John that I wanted to have a veteran on for the Remembrance Day episode, and he told me that you were my guy, so I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I don't know anything about your story, just kind of that you have one to share, so I'm really excited to, to hear it. So you're ex-military, right? Yeah, yeah. I was in the uh, infantry. Um, I went overseas to Afghanistan as well. I've been in corrections for twelve years as well too. So I get the old double dose. But then, and that's the other thing that's 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 different is like some of those guys are processing things from back then, whereas like I still had to figure it out. But then I'm still kind of in the storm figuring it out as I go. While I still got like new shit coming every which way, so it's it's challenging sometimes. Yeah. Do you find corrections to be I guess similar to your no. military? No. Not at all. Not, at not all. even not even close. It's all it's all personal, it's up close and it's all basically humanity versus humanity because you have no there's no real distance. There's no like there's no uh, equipment to use really to subdue any kind of whatever. It's just you basically have yourself in a little can of pepper spray so it's oh, yeah. it's basically, you know, you're the human spirit against the other human I don't know how to say that. It's just you against another human in a very tight quarters with everything else stripped away. So it's whoever's the strongest at their core is going to come on top kind of deal. Whenever it comes down to like those really bad types of things, being it violent or manipulative or whatever else, everything kind of in between there. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I do want to get into your mental health battles and struggles. Um, so you battle with PTSD, right? I don't know. I'm in the process of getting that looked at right now. I finally, like I said, I was being stubborn for years. And then uh, uh, I was talking to uh, a couple of guys there. We were, we went on that walk there uh, last September or sorry, a couple of months ago in September. Mm -hmm. And uh, this one guy got talking and I was like, 
oh man, some of that sounds familiar. I better, I better just out of curiosity, I want to talk to somebody. And so they, they talk to me or whatever. And they're like, yeah, it's about six weeks to get in to get seen. And then someone else called me a few days later, asked me some screening questions. And they're like, oh yeah, we'll have you in there in two weeks. I'm like, oh, that's good, right? So yeah, I kind of got a little fast-tracked into that one. So I was like, okay, clearly there's probably some stuff I should have addressed there. Sure, At least I'm, I guess it's good that I'm looking at it now from that because there's clearly some yeah. blind spots for as much as I looked into things myself. I'm like, okay, clearly there's blinders here, so I got to just see what somebody else has to say from an outside perspective. Mm-hmm. Were, you, were you, like, did you have a feeling before that you kind of had PTSD or what made you think that you... Well, like I said, I'm not going to come right out and say that's what it is right now because yeah, I don't yeah. know to what degrees they they measure that in but i mean yeah i know obviously i look at things uh, different different than the majority of people do like the everyday people and i mean um you know i have that uh, guys like to talk about and joke about it i have that temper too where it's like you can go from zero to a thousand at the drop of a hat it's just this is very not nice and just sometimes you just you wake up and you're just your your nervous system is just on fire with irritation that's everything bugs yeah. you so i mean I mean, clearly, I know those are parts of it or whatever. I just like, oh, maybe that's just part of it too, and maybe it's not that bad. But it's like, okay, so maybe it is worse than I thought it was. So, anyways, I'm gonna find out here probably pretty quick. Oh wow, that's that's where I'm sitting right now, anyways. Nice. So, do you know, like, kind of how that would have developed for you? Like, was there kind of specific traumatic moments that happened to you, or was it just kind of compounding trauma, or do you have any idea? It's pretty hard to pinpoint it because yeah. the other problem so so what i got from the brief conversation that i had is that i over regulate my emotions um so what that means is do you, do you like when you're recording here do you run a mixer or anything like that like where you can mix your different volume levels like you can filter in stuff uh, good noise and bad noise anyways um he said he described it like an audio mixer so Right now, if I'm speaking, you can adjust my volume up or down. And if there's like background noise, you can adjust it down and out. But there's also a master volume where you can turn the entire thing out, both good and bad. He said, that's what I do as part of emotional regulation is that the the negative is so much and it was just so much to handle that I just completely tune the entire thing out. So it, it kind of deadens you all around. Like I don't, you don't get as worked up in, in, a, in an incident. Mm-hmm. But you also don't get to enjoy the other, the positive parts of it as much now too, because you effectively kind of deadened how you respond to everything because it's just too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, so that's, that's uh, where we left off at the last time I had my chat there. And then we're, it sounds like we're just going to go from there and kind of delve in deeper or whatever. I mean, yeah, I, I used to joke about it too with, uh, there's one guy, he didn't believe me. I said, uh, I said, I, cause I'm a little bit more confrontational now, um, and standoffish or whatever. And that's just, like I said, I think that's just years of conditioning. But, uh, I told that to one of my, my friends one day we were driving to work together and I was like, you know, I wasn't always this confrontational. He laughed at me. He laughed at me like I was joking. I'm like, no, I had to learn to be like that. Cause I was like, like, you know, I actually want to help people and I want to, you know, be good to people and see people do well. But I was like, unfortunately, most people don't reciprocate that. So I was like, I had to learn that type of behavior just to kind of, just to kind of keep those types of people away or whatever. And it's like, then you still get the ones that are okay. But it's just like, yeah, you got to learn stuff like that. And it's just, uh, it just sucks. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what I got going. And I was never even aware of it because you mostly see like, you mostly see like what's going on with the other guys where, you know, it's hard to manage emotions and that's called uh, under-regulation, I think. It's the more common one, it seems like, where, you know, it's just harder to keep it in or keep a lid on things or whatever. So this this other thing, I was never even aware of at all mm-hmm. until uh, until I had this talk the other day. So, um, and like I said, I don't, 
really know where that would have started. I mean, first time moving at home from a small little town, you know, thousand people or so on a, on a good day, <laughs> more or less. And then you just, you get jumped in, or sorry, dumped in with a bunch of strangers. Nobody knows anybody. And then all of a sudden people start yelling at you and they start, you know, doing this and doing that. And you run in 18 different ways and nobody knows what the hell they're doing. And, and I mean, that's, I mean, that's all part of training or whatever, but it was still a shock to the system or whatever. But then, I mean, you know, you go, you get going overseas and all of a sudden, well, the fun stops then because now it's real. Right. And it's like, that's different altogether. You, it's very easy to get um, that hypervigilance too. Um, it's something like that because uh, you're not fighting against a uniformed enemy. So it's like, it's literally anybody like you could be driving along and it could be, you know, these band of guys over here be like, Oh, they're coming down here. So now right. let's go get them. And they just, they kind of take off inside their, their building and they get up on the rooftops a little further down the street and then, you know, it's on kind of deal. Right. So, um, how do you, how do you effectively fight that? Unless, you know, you have to wait that you have to wait to take one. Right. So it's, uh, it's very, uh, unnerving for sure. Driving around a lot of those roads. It's also very, it's very congested and, and there's like, there's, there's no rules for driving in a place like that. It's just whoever's going what direction that day is, is what day the traffic goes. Cause I mean, we've driven out of same roads and some days it's like, it's pretty even split of three and two. And then the next day it's like one lane is going this way and the four lanes are coming at you the other way. And that's just what it is that day. It's just, yeah, it's, wow. it's, it's definitely an interesting experience. And, and, uh, yeah, it was definitely a, definitely a shock to the system. And so you always have things like that in the back of your head. Right. And you're always looking around. I mean, after a while, it's kind of, I don't know you kind of adjust a little bit to your environment for better or worse, but mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It was definitely, a, it was definitely an eye-opening experience. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. um, but whenever we, when we went over there too, it wasn't, it wasn't getting too, too crazy yet. Um, I was over in one of the earlier tours. I was over there in 2004, 2005, uh, before things started to really ramp up a bunch. Uh, what they were doing with us is they were starting with the, uh, the decoy. So they would lay out IEDs or whatever, but they wouldn't be activated or nothing like that, but just to, to gauge what kind of a response we would have. And mm -hmm. I think it was probably a couple tours after that, maybe about a year or so later, that's when they started to actively start hitting guys because they were getting the, they were collecting the data, right, to see where the, to see how things worked and see what they could kind of exploit in there or whatever. So we had that. Um, I almost got friendly fired a couple of times. I wasn't too happy with that. The last one was at about the five-month mark. So just about before it was time to come home. Uh, different country. I'm not going to go into any detail here on the on out, out in the internet land here, but different country. Um, what happened was we the way we operated, we could operate in everyone else's um, areas of responsibility because we did some of the intel gathering for them, and so we could go wherever. So we were in someone else's yard that day, and these guys are driving, and we see them kind of way way down over in the field across the way there. And, Anyways, we were switching. We were switching over. I was sitting up in the turret, and we just we were looking with the uh, infrared uh, binos. There, we we're just looking around, kind of taking a peek for a little bit. Anyways, I was switching out, so I get out of the turret. The other guy was coming up, and I don't know. Someone was playing around with something in the cab or whatever, and they put a little bit of a light on or whatever. But whatever it was, it was enough to draw their attention. They come screaming up the field, and at that point, I'm like, I'm standing on the hood of this G wagon. And, you know, they, they pull sideways in this tactical maneuver. And, and all I see is the, the laser beam through the dust cloud. And I look down, it's right on my chest. So the next thing I know, I was in behind that gun. It was a very tense standoff. Or it, it seemed like forever. I'm sure it was only a few seconds or whatever. But at that point, I was I was very angry at that point. Like, um, I remember when we figured out it was, a, it was an allied force. I was like, I'm, 
I'm getting that guy. Like I put my rifle, I set it down in the seat. I'm like, I'm getting that guy. Because they, they pulled around and they're like, hey, guys, how's it going? Like just played it off like it was nothing. And like I said, in five months, I was like something in my head just kind of snapped. And I was like, no, this guy's not getting off scot-free. Not, not fucking today, no. So I set my rifle down. I kind of made a, a, a beeline for him there. And, and uh, the boys, they grabbed me and they're like, nah, we'll deal with it. Just go sit over kind of in the Jeep or whatever. But yeah, that one, that one, I don't know what it was with that one, but that one really, I was not okay with that one. Um, wow. and then, uh, basically from that point on, I mean, we had about a month left to, to go. So we were doing, we were starting to wind down on our operations, fortunately, or whatever. Um, at that point though, too, I was kind of, I was kind of on the fence if I was going to stay or if I was going to go. So I only had, so I had about four or five months left on that contract and then I was done. So I was just, I would sit there and I would question myself be like, okay, so I can either stay into this kind of career and have all kinds of crazy stories, but I would never share them with anybody or I can get out with this experience already overall and still have a chance at starting a family. Cause I was like, I looked around it's in the trade that we did in the infantry. It's very hard. It's very hard to keep a family because you're gone all the time. Like that last year I was gone the entire year. Pretty much. I was only home in, wherever I was staying there for probably a couple of weeks out of the entire year. And it's like, mm-hmm. how fair is that to subject someone else to that, you know, uh, yeah. a spouse and, and then kids on top. It's very, very hard. Like guys try, but it's like the success rate was not very high. So, I mean, it's just, I looked at it very honestly. I'm like, okay, well I have this experience and I still have this available, available to me right now. So I'm just going to go try that. And so I got out of the military in June that year. And I went home for a year. And that's what I really hit, though. Like, whenever I went home, I don't know what it was, but I was like, I, I, I can't. I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to look at people. I don't want to be around people. I don't want to do nothing at all with people. And it took probably about a year to snap out of that. For a year, it was basically me and the dog. And we would, I would take him for walks in the woods, and we would go and play and, and stuff like that or whatever. But, like, nothing nothing really else. And then just one day again, it was like, okay, I think I'm ready to kind of – I'm kind of ready to get back out into things or whatever. And so I came back out here to Alberta. And, I started working in the oil and gas. I did that for three years. It was it was good. It was fun. It was lots of outside work. We got to work with our hands. We got to work on small crews. So that's the other thing that was nice. You work on small crews and it's way out in the middle of nowhere. So it's not like you have a whole bunch of people that are going to be pestering you. And anyways, uh, so at, at one point I was like, okay, this is good and all, but I was like, okay, something feels like it's still kind of missing here. Like it's good work. It's outside. It's hard labor. It's good, but it's like something, I'm still not getting something. And then kind of at the same time, it just conveniently lined up that the uh, economic crash came in 2009 there. Uh, and I seen they were starting to fire uh, the people who were making lots of money first, like the ones that were up in the offices and stuff like that. So I was like, is that is that what your reward is for working in a place like this is once yeah. you get finally established and you're making something yourself you're the first one to get taxed i'm like i don't want to be in a uh, an occupation like that so uh, i applied for corrections didn't know didn't have a clue about it except for you know the stuff you see on tv probably like most people but i was like i was like i'll give that a go i said i think I, i'll probably be okay with my experience doing that or whatever so uh, i applied there i started there and oh man is that ever a that was a rough transition for sure. It's not not even the same. I know lots of dudes got in the military and, and they did they took the same path, but it is not the same. It's completely different. So with the military, you're objectively engaging a known enemy force, and it's very uh, strategic and tactical, and it's for 
there's a goal to it. Like we have to take this ground, we have to take this building, we have to take this objective to carry on to accomplish this goal. Corrections, you're dealing with people in very close ranges. Uh, you have very minimal response type of gear, depending on where you work. Some places don't, but most places do. So basically it's, it's your bare hands or your pepper spray. And that's basically it for immediate response. The other thing too is that everything is in close and everything is personal. So you see these same people every day, the, the bad guys, if you will, I'm doing air quotes here, but every day you see them, they grew up living lives where, you know, their parents use drugs. Um, they've seen very horrible violence done to people at a very young age. They're very traumatized themselves. And so that's how they've learned how to navigate their way through life. So that makes people like that very predatory, very manipulative. Um, they're always seeking to gain power and leverage over others. So you're dealing with that every day. And people like the reason why it's personal is because people will select you specifically, right? Because it's, you see the same people every day. So it's like, okay, let's try this. You know, let's try Grant here for, you know, a week. Let's just see if we can kind of, you know, chip away at him a little bit or whatever. Um, the other easier way I explain it to people who don't understand uh, maybe quite what I'm talking about is you remember back when you were like five years old and you knew, you knew if you did this certain thing, it would piss your parents off. Like you just knew it. Well, that's kind of what this is, except now it's adults doing it. Like, and, and like, I, I kind of get it too. I was like, if I was stuck locked in there all day, I'd get bored too. And I'd want to entertain myself, but um, they just obviously take it to five or six different levels because theirs has more insidious goal, right? Where we would just do it, where we're bored. They're doing it because they're in there. And it's good practice for them to just get better at their craft. That being said, I learned a lot from corrections. It's also what prompted me to start this uh, Honey Badger Alliance project that I'm doing now. Because it happened again there too. Uh, what I talked, what, so what I mentioned earlier about whenever I, for about a year there, I didn't want to talk to nobody or do anything like that. What happened here as well, it was about two years in, it was the same thing. I had a very, very sharp low on my days off. I wouldn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything. It was, it was such an inconvenience for me to make, even to make a proper meal. I remember I was like, just to cook like potatoes in a pot and put a steak on the George Foreman grill. Like, I don't have time to do that today. I just don't have time. You know what I was doing for, for the entire day? For about 16 hours a day, I would just sit in my apartment and play video games. And, and half the time, I would get into some liquor because it's like, well, that's that's just what I want to do today, right? And it's not, it's not healthy. And obviously, I finally got at it. I finally climbed out of that. And the way I did that is you just, I kind of slowly changed my habits a little bit. So I started going out a little bit. I started meeting people a little bit. And then those rein, those positively reinforcing behaviors, they start to build on each other and you can finally climb your, climb your way out. Um, fast forward another six years, seven years, whenever I started this project here. So eventually at one point, I got sick of things and I was like, okay, I'm driving myself crazy. I'm getting stressed out. I'm, I'm not doing that no more. I'm not getting stressed out no more. So I went, found some psychology books on, on human behavior. And I found that very interesting. And I would read something in the book and be like, okay, that's a neat concept. Let's see if it works. And I would just, I would go into work and, you know, change my demeanor a bit to reflect what I read. And it's like, I could either, you know, see if it worked or didn't work right there in real time. And, and again, because you know your audience every day when you go in there, it's like, okay, I know who's going to give me the most trouble or I know who I can, you know, speak with this way here or whatever. And, and ultimately the goal was just, the goal was to create better dialogue with people who spoke a different language, if you will, right? Because again, they speak from extortion and bribery and all those things, intimidation, coercion. And so you have to kind of learn to kind of speak in those types of terms back. Not, you don't do those things to them, but you, 
they use a different they use different words whenever they talk and describe things. And it's like a salesman, right? When a salesman talks to you, they listen to what words you use. It's the same idea as that, right? So I want to I want to get my my point across. I want to reinforce what I'm telling them. So I just I change a little bit of my language to match what they're more familiar with, and I found that to be more effective. So that really helped uh, cut down on a lot of arguments. Uh, another thing that was really good as well was just learning about how stress affects the body. But at, at the foundational level, like for example, say if, say if we get in the argument right now, like we're really heated, we're really yelling and you get those, you know, you get those tinglys and the shakes, right? Well, that's, that's the body kicking out those stress hormones to, to power you up for a fight. If you need it is basically what it is. And so, uh, it, but it, it does different things. It, it essentially, it makes you kind of stupid in a way too, where like, your rational part of your brain kicks out and now the, the more central part, that emotional response center kicks in because you're looking at body cues, we're listening to voice tones, um, we're looking at what the hands are doing more. And so you become more instinctively reactive that way. And then if the outcome is not favorable, then we, we, we beat ourselves up. But it's like, well, you're just you're acting with what the information you had on there. And ultimately the goal is okay, I didn't get it, I didn't get in a fight, so that's a good thing. You would think that's a good thing, but then, like I said, the ego steps in. It's like, ah, oh, you know, you're a coward or you're scared or whatever this and that. But it's like, well, it's like, what's really, but then, you know, once you kind of get past that and you start to ask yourself, well, what's really at stake here? You know, it's like, you're going to have this fight every day. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you get better at, do you get better at averting that fight altogether? Or do you just beat yourself up because, you know, you got beaten by someone who's doing, using those tactics their entire life. So it's like, do you want to... Do you want to win now or do you want to win long-term? And you win long-term by understanding those things better, understanding where you are in time and place. And then the other thing too is being aware of your own body language too, right? I mean, when you start to look through all those layers and you start to add all those little tools in there, it makes, it makes interactions quite a bit easier. And then we get to incidents. So we have these horrible things that happen where it may be direct or most of the time um, it's indirect. So you like, you know, you'll break up horrible things happening at, at the site or whatever, but it's still very horrible to see, you know, another man stabbing another man with a rusty old piece of metal, right? I mean, it, it's hard to handle the first few times you see that, you know, and it really bugs people. But at the same time, it's like, well, people are, those people are going to do that. Um, it's our job to stop them. And, you know, that's, that, that type of person does exist out there. So the goal is not to stew on that, be like, oh my God, I can't realize I witnessed something horrible. It, the, the goal then becomes, okay, this is, this is a different part of humanity I previously previously was unaware of, yeah. right? So, so it just, instead of dwelling on the negative, it's like, okay, so this is what actually people like this do exist and I've seen it. So now I have to, I have to refocus and then kind of recalibrate myself in order to be able to, to, to engage that at an effective level. If you still want to keep people safe and if you want to keep others safe, realizing that's out there and preparing in advance for that now helps again, deter more of that from happening, right? Or at least, or at least, you know, it won't be a shock the next time if it does happen, right? right? So, so, so there's a little bit of um, self-honesty that comes with that. And we have to kind of sit and, and I know, like I, I said this before too, but I really kind of started looking to more of a uh, self-reflection where you have to sit back at the end of the day, sit in a quiet place and just unpack your mind. Just unpack what happened today. Why did I act this way? Um, was it appropriate? Could I have done more? But also, what did I do well? Because it's 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 one thing to be critical, but we have to be we kind of have to be kind with ourselves too. And like I said, understanding how the body and brain connection works uh, really helps to uh, 
to soften that blow because it's like, okay, so some of this stuff is out of my hands because the body, if I don't have enough information at hand, on hand, my body will just react. Like I'll just react to what's going on. So the more I know, the more I can plan ahead, the more I'm in control. And uh, it's kind of, it's kind of thinking about that little analogy once with, um, you know, the stress response, right? Um, so I mentioned the tingles here a couple of minutes ago. You can either know more or you have to be strong. That's, that's what you get. So if you, if you can, if you can understand what something looks like before it unfolds, you can, you can take steps to either prepare or you can, you can head it off the pass. But if it catches you by surprise, then the body gives you the, the gift, if you will, of those stress hormones. Mm-hmm. It gives you enough strength to power through it until it gets done. But that's really hard in the body. It's hard in the system. So it, it, the onus is on us to actually just know more as, as best as we can. You know what I mean? And, and there's always blind spots and there's always new things to find out. And there's always interesting new rabbit holes to go down. But the, the goal is as long as you're as long as you keep looking around for things that are pertinent to that, you're going to find some answers and it makes life a lot easier. Uh, you can just then then when the conversations start happening, it's like, you know, it almost to a degree looks like a superpower where it's like you get this person and they're, they're being whatever, you know, if they're being kind of unruly and you just kind of, you change your body language and then you kind of talk to them with their own language at the same time. And, and, you know, you're getting into all these other things, but at the same time, if they're kind of, if they're kind of giving you more aggressive body language, if you adjust yours to kind of match a little bit or back off, depending on what it is. And it's like, then they, it kind of averts it all. It's like people watch that and they're like, well, how the hell it's like, I just, I don't know, just figure it out, find better answers and, and just learn about people. Right. Um, so anyways, that's what corrections has taught me over the years. Like it's, there's no real glory in it. I, I don't, I don't think like, you know, where, where police have, you know, police save people, they keep the community mm-hmm. safe and, and the military, they're the heroes, they save the world and, and firemen, they save, you know, people out of houses. It's like, what, what do we have? We, we just, we have to keep these people locked up because, you know, they're not allowed to be in society. That That's it. Right. And so what, what do you take away from that? It's like, well, I can learn how to be a more effective person in some of the most toxic environment you can find people in. But then the onus is on me is whatever I find that helps me. I have to start kicking that out to the community now to help everyone else out because I can you you can win. And like like I said, you can have it every day because you run into the same people every day, day in and day out. Whereas if you're out in these other trades, you might you might go a whole week or a whole month without having a really bad interaction. So it's like, Oh, it hits you like a shock and you don't know what to do with it. But it's like, Oh no, that's familiar. Look, so, so, so this happened. So, you know, you just consider this, 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 and this or whatever. And, and mm-hmm. does that make sense? Did you, and the biggest thing too is like identify with people. The, the biggest thing I found with coworkers after we would have an incident is um, okay. So, so we had this horrible, bad thing happen. You're probably, you're probably feeling like this. You're probably feeling I should have done this. I probably, you're feeling I probably should have said this or, 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 you know, could have done more. But I was like, really? I said, where you were in relation to where things were happening, I said, the body prioritizes danger and it focuses on that. So you're focused on this while someone else seen a bit more of the bigger picture. They have your back and that's how it's supposed to be or whatever. And that's like, you know, when you have all these feelings, I said, that's normal. That's the body trying to keep you safe. And then you, like I said, you describe it using some of the things I just talked about here. Well, all of a sudden you see the light bulb go off and they get it. And then, you know, that they're not going to go home and, you know, beat the shit of themselves for a week or a month or start drinking really heavy or, or, you know, any combination or whatever. And when I started was when I started to be able to consistently do that, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. I just want to help more people as a community. So that's why I started this honey badger project and everything that I put out there comes back to that concept. Cause that's the thing is, you know, the, the warrior mindset is 
about balance. And, and th there's a big problem with balance right now. I think where you know everyone's doing a lot of fighting, but not people are not taking the time for the self care because we all have things in our lives. You know, we have kids, we have wives, we have um, our spouses. Sorry, we have things like that, and they they need they need our the best side of us too. But how do we give them the best side of us, right? So we have to be able to unpack all these horrible things that happen over here so we can give them the better version of ourselves. And I'm not saying like, it's easy. Like guys, like that's going on 15 years for me. And I still have my own big plethora of problems, but it's definitely not where it was then. Like, you know, it's, 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 I think it's a lot more manageable now. I mean, you always get caught blindsided sometimes, but it's definitely not where we, I mean, I'm, I'm not staying home. I'm not stuck in the basement or doing like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so you always want to, you always want to trade it up and, you have your whole life to do it. So do you want to, you know, spend your life suffering it out day in and day out? Or it's like, I'm going to work on this a little bit every day. So every day is just a little bit better. And that's all it really is. It just has to be a little bit every day. And even just after a year, the, the progress is, is unreal. Like, and I look back even, even at the stuff I've been putting out on my media for the last couple of years. And it's like nine day difference then mm -hmm. from then to now. And that's only over a couple of years. And some of it wasn't that great, but I leave it on there because then people can see it because if someone else wants to start their own thing, because it can be very daunting looking around at, at people and like all of the people with the various projects on the go. And some of us, you know, we've been doing it for a, a little while now, you know, you get, so, and I was the same way too. I'm like, well, I don't even know where to start. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how kind of really I want to present this, but I still want to help. So it's just, you know what, if anyone's listening and you're, you're thinking about that, I'm telling you dive in feet first and, and eventually you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get critiqued. You're going to, you're going to doubt yourself and then you're going to figure it out that way. Like you're going to cut away all the, the, the little bullshit excess off there and you'll figure your message out. And that's when I come with mine. Um, the, the way I found I had the most success with my message was um, a warrior mindset is a strength and resilience by a leading example. So that's why I'll put videos of me on there. Like when I'm doing stuff, I'll put the video on there and I'll usually put a little bit of a write up on there. Cause it's like, I can sit here and I can tell you like, I can tell you the most heartfelt story. I can tell you all the best tips, but it doesn't mean nothing if they're just empty words. So like, mm -hmm. okay, this is me doing all the stuff. Like I'm out here doing it. Yeah. Like I want you to go out and do it too, because part of it is you have to actually do it. Like if you just sit there and you battle your mind, the mind is very good at being lazy. The mind is very good at being very treacherous and, and kind of self-defeating. But when you actually start doing actions, it's like, okay, brain, well, go to hell now because it's like I'm doing this and you can sit in the back seat for now. And then it eventually learns just that you, you basically kind of, you know, you bully your own mind into toe in the line if it's something better. And that's what I, for me, that's what I found works. So I kind of go with that. It's, I'm a little bit more rough around the edges. I'm a little bit more rammier, but that's the message that I take because that's just the way I am. And some people get a kick out of it. Some people have found it helpful. And some people are like, ah, oh, it's a little too aggressive for me. And I'm like, that's okay. There's look, go look at our group. There's all kinds of people doing wonderful things out there. And that's the beautiful thing about it. It's like the, uh, the nucleus of the, the nucleus of the mental health thing is all the same, but then all the, the little atoms and everything orbiting it, that makes up the, the rest of the sum is they're all different. And that's, that's good. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, people are just joining you on your leg of the journey. So like I've had people that followed me or whatever. I used to talk to them a lot uh, back then. I don't, talk to some of those people as much now, but I talk to different people now because as you grow, people join you that are on that same leg of your journey. They'll join you for that part of the part of your walk more or less. And then once you guys start growing or whatever, you know, we might grow apart or, or, you know, you just, one person grows, the other one takes a little bit longer because they're figuring it out and um, you pick up more people and you lose a few people along the way, but that's what it is. It's just a journey. You're always, you're always just 
walking side by side and helping each other out and figuring it out, right? And you can't do that by sitting in the chair telling people what they should do or what they should think. So you gotta actually get out there and do it, do meaningful stuff with each other. That's a big part of it. I found that to be uh, very helpful. And that's so. Uh, anyways, that's I took that. And I took that and I ran with it, and it, it seems like that's working really well. That is so much good advice you just gave out. That was amazing. That's amazing. I'm sorry. I just I volcanoed the shit out of that one. I just went on a ramble for I don't know how long that was, 25 minutes or so. But <laughs> I'm, I'm bad for that. So uh, yeah. Anyways, I hope I hope people kept track of that because that's the other thing. I just I was kind of grabbing things as they were coming to mind there. So <laughs> that's totally okay. That's okay. Like you seem very like in tune with yourself and like what's happening to you and your emotions. And so like, what do you use as coping mechanisms when those kind of bad days come in? Just like a pet, I say cheat my more primitive instincts. So I have my, I have a gym out in the garage now and a punch bag and all that stuff. And I will go and I will, I, I tore it like three or four times just this year. I'm going to have to fix it up already. But like, like I do that because I understand enough that I know like those. And that's the other thing too. Like there's no, there's never like a one stop solution to any of this. It's always like, you're balancing the scale all the time. So if I'm, and if I notice my, my nervous system is getting very supercharged, I have to discharge that. So I'll go out and I'll do something out there. It doesn't fix the problem though. I want everyone listening to understand that does not fix the problem. What it does Mm -hmm. is it just literally chemically puts you in a better headspace in order to tackle whatever the hell is bothering you. The only problem with me, like I said, where it's trickier with me now is because like I said, with that over uh, regulation, it's like, I don't even know because it's just, the way it works is if you're, if I'm going into an incident, I'm, I'm able to disregard and kind of push down and suppress everything in order to kind of keep fighting on through. And then once it's all over, sometimes it, sometimes it's very hard to, like, I, I can figure out some of it, but it's like, if there's any weird little lingering feelings I might not have caught or whatever, well, they're just, they get pushed into the old subconscious bank or whatever. But I try my best uh, to be more aware of things. I'm, I'm a lot better up at it now I think but I, I'm pretty from the earlier years I'm pretty sure the damage is done kind of that way and it's just one of those things where it's like you've been wired this way for so long it's yeah. like okay so now it becomes a process going the other way and it's like if it took that way that, that long to get there well it's like I don't even want to know how long it's going to take to get back kind of to the other way um, the other thing I want to clear up too is you know people are like well I want to get back to my old self yeah. I'll tell you right now there is no there is no old self because you have so much more information. You have so much more knowledge and perspective of how the world is and how the world works that we just want to get ourselves leveled out with that new information. Cause what happens yeah. is we get a big giant spike and we're way up here, but it's like, you just want to take the spike and level it off and be like, okay, so this is actually the world. Now I have to recalibrate myself and engage the world more appropriately with this new information. So that's the other thing I found was really helpful because you're not, it kind of makes things seem hopeless if you're like, I used to be this person and I used to be like this and that. Yeah. Honestly, I don't ever want to be like that person again. I want to have all this experience and knowledge. I just don't want to have all the bullshit that goes along with it. So it's 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 on us to get rid of that part, right? But the other stuff you definitely want to keep because it's just, it's, uh, it's all survival stuff. You just know more about everywhere around you. Mm-hmm. That is such a good point. I was going to ask you if you thought that this is something that you were going to deal with forever. But that's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, it's just, like I said, it, just the thing that I've come to accept is you just have to uh, balance the scales of harmony in your life. 
like I said, if you're out here fighting bad guys all the time and in, in whatever arena that is, I mean, there's got to be something else on the other side to balance that out. Because if not, I mean, that's where you get people. We become very cynical. We become very closed off because it's like, well, I can't talk to I can't talk to, to normal people because they just don't get it. No, they don't get it. They never will unless they subject themselves to the same thing. But we have to remember, we signed up to fight on behalf of those people because that's what we want to do because we want to help others. And so if we become more cynical, it's like, well, we're not helping nobody. Mm-hmm. We're not helping nobody as effectively yeah. as it could be anyways. And the other thing I found out too myself is that if you do hang around with people like that and you just can get over the judgment for a little bit, it actually is interesting to see how they interact with the world because it's, it's been a long time, for, like I said, 15 years for me since I've ever been like in that kind of a headspace. But to see other people that haven't subjected themselves to the kinds of things that we do, um, it's kind of it's almost kind of refreshing. It's like, oh, yeah, they're so much more mellow. It's like, well, maybe I could try being a little bit more mellow or, or try to be, you know, a little bit less rammy with things. Because like, you can still be aware of all that stuff. And you can relax. But it's just, it's very hard to do. But when you see other people doing it, again, it's that monkey see, monkey do, leading by example thing. It's like, okay, these people are mellow. I can probably dial her down a few notches, but just kind of, yeah, like I said, just pay attention to what's going on around you. You've kind of explained uh, what the Honey Badger Alliance project is is all about and, and what you do with it. But what is the story behind the name? Well, here's the other thing too, is that people sometimes sell themselves short okay so I'll, I'll never be able to do this because of this i'll never be able to do this because of that well how did you don't you try this thing like this honey badger thing is like the, it's literally the size of a skunk and a lion that's like 10 times the size will go and try and eat it that thing's like you know what buddy fuck you i'm gonna bite your nose off and i'm gonna get away and if i can get underneath you i'm gonna tear all your guts out too and that lion I mean, that thing's a way bigger predator than that thing. So there's, you know, if you look at the law of the jungle uh, with the air quotes here, that thing should just be food. That thing's like, no, the hell with you. I'm not food. And I'm going to show you why I'm not food. So even if you're smaller and you're dealing with these issues that seem to be gigantic and just hopeless, well, it ain't hopeless and it's never done until you decide to stop fucking fighting. Right. So that that's the whole thing is never stop. Yeah. Every fight you win, you get stronger, it, whether it's a physical one, whether it's a mental one. And try because you never know, right? Like, like I grew up in it. I grew up. My family, no one ever moved away. They all stayed in that same small fishing village. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want to do this. I want to actually see some of the world. I want to do some stuff, and I want to contribute. But it's scary because it's like, well, no one's ever moved away, so I had no reference, no story. So I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm just jumping in feet first, and it's like, and off you go, right? And it's like, I was homesick for the first three weeks. I wanted to come home, but I, I, I kept going and. You know, there's lots of times in training too. Like they, they really put you through the ringer because they want to make sure you're ready. Like they're very responsible that way. It's very tough and lots of guys quit, but it's like, okay, no, one step in front of the other. And it's like, I'm not letting you beat me. I'm going to outlast you and I'm going to complete this damn course kind of deal. Right. Um, and then the same thing with overseas, right? It's like, you know, okay, this is really shitty, but we're still here. We're still breathing. That means we can still fight and, and, and continuing on to corrections especially there though too because you have again you have people where we have no equipment to to level the playing field out so you can't just pull a gun on a guy that's twice your size if he's going to kill you it's like okay you better figure something out or like hope your backup is coming real quick but at the same time like when you are willing to stand your ground even with those big people they're not used to that and it'll it'll kind of put them off for a little bit maybe that'll be enough to buy you time but it's like how do you know 
right? You don't know unless you keep fighting, unless you keep chasing after it, right? And that's so that's why I kind of picked the honey badger. I kind of wanted something a little more Canadian, but I was like, mm-hmm. this is just more suiting. Plus, Wolverines are kind of overdone for like all sorts yeah. of different reasons. So I was like, I was like, ah, this one, this one kind of fits. So I'll just go with that one. So that's why I chose to use that for the avatar. I like it kind of it's it's the embodiment of it all. The other part of it too, though, is that those little creatures are like small little savage stoics, eh? Like, um, you'll just be there, you know, the honey badger's just there digging his burrow, minding his own business, and the hyenas come and they try and eat him, and he he says basically says, "Get the hell out of my get the hell out of my yard, hyenas," and he'll chase him off, and and that's it. He doesn't sit there and think about it and stew on it. He just goes back to digging his burrow, right? So that's that's ultimately the kind of goal is you want to be able to switch and transition gears uh, that quick because Right now, <clears throat> we live in a very crazy society, so it's not we're not just dealing with physical violence anymore. There's all these um, social interactions, yeah. and, and a lot of them right now are, are not very positive. People are very stressed, and if you let that, that will eat you alive as well. So the goal is learning how to navigate that as well in order to you know have a less stressful day. And that's all part of it, right? So, 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 so that comes back to reflecting on things. And, and if I ever have a very undesirable conversation, the first question I always ask that was, was I the asshole in this conversation? And if I was, I will put my tail between my legs. I'm like, listen, I'm sorry. I overreacted. You know, you said this, I took it this way. Fuck. I did not mean to react like that. I'm like, is, I don't think you meant that. And then usually it's not. Then it gets buried right there. And, and, you know, people yeah. will respect you for that. And if it's not, and if it's someone else, and, you know, if they don't come back and apologize, well, it's like, well, you just let that go. It's like, that's a damn thing. Like, I can't control it. That's a damn thing. Maybe, and, well, I'll say that too. Maybe they're having the bad days. So someone I know, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But, if, you know, if it's not, it's like, well, whatever. I, I just, I'm not giving you no more of my time. Get out of here, vampire. Like, go suck someone else's life out of them. Right? So so it's, it's just coming down to simplifying life as much as you can. The only problem is that, you have to have more periphery knowledge in order to, to condense it down into that understanding. So mm-hmm. that's why when I put these blogs out there, when I put these uh, podcast episodes out there, it all serves to help condense that down back in. I try yeah. as much as I can cut as much like uh, fluffy bullshit out of it. So it's like, this is the thing. And I'm very like, I'm very objective like that. It's like, okay, how do I do the thing? No, I don't care about this. I don't care about that. How do I do the thing? I want to do the thing. I want to complete the thing. And so that's, I found that worked for me. And that's the way, that's kind of the language I put my things out there. And I know some people do, most people find it helpful, but I do know some people find that a little off-putting because I'm very direct and I don't coddle nobody, but it's like, I'm not here to coddle you. I'm here because I want you to be strong. I want you to be a strong team member. This is how I learned my entire life, how to be strong. So this is how I'm, I'm, I'm giving that lesson back to you. And, and some people like it, just some don't. Oh, wow. Okay. I know you, you don't have much time. Um, I, I feel like I could talk to you forever. I would love to have you back on and, and, and we can do another one for sure. No yeah, problem. absolutely. Um, so before you go, like one last piece of advice that you would give somebody that is, I guess, struggling with their mental health or doesn't really know where to start or what to do, what would you give them? Well, first of all, sometimes the first step to recovery doesn't exact it doesn't have to be talking about things directly you don't have to you don't have to tell someone this is my problem but just change something change one small thing yeah. if it's, you get out of the house and do something extra today or if you do something constructive and that's what some of that recovery is it's not always just you know talking about it back and forth it's changing our actions in order to reflect how we are as a person so that's my thing is just if you're struggling just try to change one thing just one small thing today i like that That's such a good one.
because anything else, anything else to more, like I said, I've been there too, where, um, and, and maybe on our next one, we'll talk about cognitive bandwidth or whatever, but the cognitive bandwidth at, at that point, when you're that low, and I, I know that cause I've, I've been there a few times. It's mm-hmm. like, you cannot ask anybody anymore with any reasonable expectation, but one small thing that's doable. I like that a lot. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Feel free to reach out at any time. You can contact me on Instagram and Facebook at StompTheStigmaYYC, and you can email me at StompTheStigmaYYC at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, please like and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. And if you or someone you know would like to come on, I would love to have you share your story, speak your truth, and together we can stomp the stigma.